Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt. Let's lift up his name together. God bless you this morning, everyone that's tuned in to the voice of the preacher. And indeed, I am that voice on today. Apostle Barbara Ann Bolden, pastor of the Anointed Church of the Living God. We're yet located at 1211 South Miles Avenue, Union City, Tennessee. Inviting you to come by and worship with us. Sunday school is at 10 a.m. Morning worship is at 1130 a.m. Also, on Thursdays, we have Bible study beginning at 5 p.m. From 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Bible study. And from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mountain Moving Miracle Work in Prayer. So we certainly be glad to have you to come by and experience and just bask in the presence of the Lord. Truly, you won't leave the way you came in Jesus' name. Now, let us look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you indeed for this another day that you kept us, watched over us as we slumber and slept, kept us yet in the land of the living. And truly, we want to say thank you on a day. On today, we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit upon us. We thank you for the guidance, for the strength, and for the power that we would not have except through and by the Holy Ghost. We wouldn't even be here if your love had not been so great that you gave your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. By the shedding of his blood, we have remission of those sins. And today, we just want to say thank you. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, because you're worthy, amen, to be praised. We're just praying this morning, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would touch each and every one that's listening, that you will meet them in the center of their need. You know what we need and you know when we need it and you know where we need it. So all we have to do is make our request known to you and then pray with the assurance that we prayed in your will and we will have what we say. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We just thank you and praise you for Paul and Diane Tinkle. We praise you for the radio crew. We pray, Father God, that whatever it is that they stand in need of, we pray that you will, oh God, provide it. We pray you will continue to bless their home and their family and loved ones. And Father, we pray that those that are standing in a place of sorrow right now, and there's a lot of it going around all over the world, Lord, we pray that you will meet those that's in the valley of grief and comfort them as only you can as they've lost a loved one. Only you can do it, Lord. But we're asking and we're asking with one heart, one mind, and one spirit that you will wrap your loving arms around them and bring comfort as only you can at a time like this in their life. Father, we pray that those that are sick and they're bedridden, those that are down with COVID, 19, regardless as to which variant they have. Father, we just pray that you will heal their bodies. Raise them up, oh Father God, as only you can. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them and we bind all side effects of COVID. Raise them up whole, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name that you will bring restoration to their respiratory system, to their lungs, God. Only you can do it and we know only you can do it and that's why this morning we lift our voices to you and we ask you to move as only you can. Glory to God. It's because of who you are, Father God, that we can have the victory over everything. We know that Jesus has healed us. Every word we heard, spirit, mind, soul, and body, emotional, 
physical. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ, amen, healed us by the shedding of his blood. So what we're waiting on and trusting you for right now, it's upon the asking, upon the asking, Father God, that the manifestation of the finished work of Jesus will show up right now on the spot and that you will touch each hurting soul in the area of their pain on today. Lord, we pray that those that are backslidden, that they'll turn around and that they'll come back to you before it's too late. We pray this morning that those who have never recognized you, never accepted the work of Jesus Christ, never chosen him uh, as their Lord and Savior, that they will give their heart to him and that they'll turn from their sins, confess them, be saved and be saved in Jesus' name we ask it. Father God, we just pray, Lord, that whatever the need is, we just ask and trust you. We lift it up to you, Lord, yet praying that you'll bring Virginia Emerson home, Lord. Bring her home safe, Lord. It's been over a month now, and we're yet looking for, we're yet carrying this burden of prayer for her and for her son, Pastor Lawrence Emerson, and for uh, our daughter-in-law for Tonda Emerson and for the children and for the loved ones. Lord, we're praying that you'll comfort them right now and asking, Father God, that you will indeed give them some word concerning her whereabouts, Lord, and, and let her be returned home safely. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Father, when we've done all that we can do in this place, when our time here is finished according to your calendar, we pray to be able to stand before you and hear the beautiful words from your lips. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's our aim, it's our goal, and it is our intent. And we ask it in Jesus' name as we say amen and amen. Glory to God on this great first day of the week. Thank you for... uh, Coming into agreement with me on that prayer, glory to God, and in praying and certainly still yet petitioning you to continue to include uh, Sister Virginia Emerson in your prayers that she will be found safe and return home to her family and loved ones. And I thank you for it right now, glory to God. Now, as we look, praise God, at the word on today. I want to read a scripture to you. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27, which reads, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one that beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself shall become a castaway. A castaway are disqualified. And also, uh, scripture, background scripture from the Old Testament, Haggai, Haggai the prophet, Haggai, chapter 1 and verse 5a. And it simply says, Now therefore says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Amen. Consider your ways. So, of course, we're going to use for a text this morning for a thought. Consider, amen, your ways. Okay, consider your ways. So as we look at what Paul was writing there in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and verse 26, he was talking to the church there and he was letting them know that how he was running his race. He said, therefore, I run thus. He said, I'm not running with uncertainty. It's uncertainty. I fight not as one that beats the air. In other words, he said, I'm not just Failing the air, beating the air. 
I have a purpose and I have an intention for the reason that I'm running and the way I'm running. He said, I discipline, verse 27, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection lest when I preach to others, I myself should become a castaway or disqualified. And when we're looking, a man is self-discipline, the word discipline or self-discipline, because that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about, is the ability to push yourself forward, to stay motivated and take action regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of how you feel physically or emotionally. That's what self-discipline is. You don't allow you to get in the way of what the Lord would have you to do or what you've purposed in your mind and in your heart to do. But how many of you know on today that sometimes stuff, things will get in the way, which is why we do a sub, that's why we do our subject. Consider, amen, consider your ways. It's early enough in the new year, glory to God, for us to keep that uh, resolution that we made. And we certainly want to, in doing so, we want to consider our ways. And when you look at the word consider, it simply means to think carefully about something, you know, to think carefully about something. Glory to God is to uh, to set your mind, to set your mind's eye or to examine something closely like you would under a microscope or like you would when, you know, when the jeweler is inspecting a diamond, he put the little thing in his eye and he inspects that diamond to see if there are any flaws in it or if it has anything wrong with it. And not only that, to see how good of diamond it is. When you want to look at something closely, uh, closer than the eye, and you really want to put an eye on it, then a lot of times we'll get a magnifying glass. Sometimes as we age, glory to God, we'll have on eyeglasses and we still can't make out fine print, and we'll go and get a handheld magnifying glass and we'll make things uh, bigger by closely examining what the word says or reading what we're trying to read. So when we consider our ways and what Haggai was telling the people that God said, consider your ways, he wanted them to think carefully about what they were doing. He wanted them to set their mind and to set their eye, amen, on themselves and to examine themselves closely. And that's what we want to do right here at the beginning of 2022. I know that we... <clears throat> made some mistakes along the way, glory to God, in 21, but yesterday's gone. We aren't even focusing on that. We remember the Apostle Paul said, forgetting what's behind. So we, we have to go on. We have to move on. Tell somebody I'm moving on, glory to God, and not just moving on. I'm moving on up. I'm going to higher ground, and in order for me to do that, I have to do what? I have to consider my way. So I don't know about you, but I'm a firm believer that in order to be effective in our walk with the Lord, we need to be able to practice what we preach. That's the whole purpose, glory to God, of God telling Haggai to uh, tell the people to consider their ways. Look at what you're doing. Focus on what you're doing and focus on why you're doing it. And if in considering your ways you need uh, getting too far away from God, then you need to do what you need to do as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, I discipline my body and bring it into what? Into subjection. So I have the ability to push myself forward. I have the ability to stay motivated and take action regardless as to how I may be feeling regardless as to what be coming my way. I have to examine myself and I have to discipline myself. Why? So that my running, amen, will not be 
in vain. Glory to God. And why am I saying that? Because when we get right down to it, the strongest and most powerful enemy that we have is the enemy of what? Of the flesh. That's why he said, you know, consider your ways. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I'm checking out myself. I'm disciplining myself. I'm bringing my flesh what under subjection? Why? Because no matter how crafty uh, the devices of Satan are, the most the most used avenue that he used against you, that he uses against me, is what? It's our flesh. It's the flesh. Glory to God. It's the flesh. So if you look at Romans uh, chapter 8, go to Romans chapter 8, if you would, and read verses uh, 5 through 8. Romans 8, 5 through 8. And I've got it right here. I'll read it, but you may want to mark it down. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh can do what? Cannot please God. That's verse eight. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So you want to highlight that in your Bible. Romans eight. Verse 5, 6, 7, and 8. If you're in the flesh, you can't please God. So you have to accept the fact that your flesh has a mind of its own. Go on and tell somebody, my flesh has a mind of its own. It's got a mind of its own. But most Christians want to please God. I mean, we're saved. We're, we're in Christ. We're doing all that we can. And even though you may miss the mark sometimes, glory to God, you might get off course sometimes. Your greatest desire is to please God. And in order to do that, you've got to deal with and deny what you've got to deny, the works of the flesh. So the prophet Haggai said, amen. Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider, do what? Consider your ways. The word ways in the Hebrew is derek, and it means to consider the path of life that you've taken. It means consider your method. Consider your mannerisms and how you conduct yourself. In other words, y'all know I say it all the time, and I doubt if you would get by a message when I don't say it quite often. It's time to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Glory to God. That's what ways mean. He said it's time. He's telling us to consider. Amen. Consider our ways before we go another step further into 2022. We want to examine ourselves, and we want to consider our ways, which means the path of life that we've taken. It means to consider the method, consider our mannerisms, and consider how we conduct ourselves. Glory to God. And see if there is any waywardness in us. You are a spirit. This is what you have to realize now. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. We are spirits with a soul that lives inside a fleshly body. And no matter how hard you try, you can't overlook or ignore your flesh. Glory to God. Why? It's with you all the time. Where are you going to go without your flesh? Hmm? It's with you all the time. So we can't ignore it. We can't look over it. So guess what? Flesh has to be dealt with. It must be dealt with or, or what will happen. Flesh will take over. And you'll become a person who's controlled by the flesh rather than being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And that way we can't please God. So the, we have to realize that our enemy, the devil, uh, is battling with you to gain control of your mind and your flesh, which goes against the Holy Spirit of God. There's a battle and always a 
constant war going on. Why? The enemy wants your mind. The battleground is the mind. He wants your mind and the Lord wants your mind. Why? Because your body does what your mind tell it to do. Okay. So this is why God wants you to renew your mind so that your spirit man can be led by God's spirit. Remember the flesh wars, what against the spirit, the flesh wars against the spirit. Glory to God. So let's consider our ways this morning and make sure that we aren't giving more to the flesh. Glory to God than to the spirit. Yeah, there's a war going on. Yes, we have to fight and know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to God to the pulling through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Glory to God. Look at Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17 says, I say then, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. One of the Bible definitions for lust is a strong desire that is negative and forbidding. It's feeling a strong desire for someone or is something especially of what? Of a sexual nature. Glory to God. That's what lust is. So the Apostle Paul says, if you walk in the Holy Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust, the desires of the flesh. Whose flesh? Your flesh. Your flesh. You will not fulfill the lust and the desires of your flesh. Why? Because you aren't walking in flesh. You aren't living in flesh. You're walking according to to the spirit. Your flesh is the most immediate enemy that you have as a believer. So your desire is to live a life for Christ under the control, under the influence, and under the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's why he's here. That's why he's been poured out upon us. He's our comforter. He's also paracletos. He's the one that's called along aside to help us, to guide us, and to give us victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's something to shout about this morning. Glory to God. Start right now, amen, and think about and strongly consider your ways. And anything that needs to be corrected, then purpose in your heart, dear hearts, to correct that glory to God and to submit yourself, spirit, mind, soul, and body to the Holy Ghost. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, there is no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. So it's time once again, Paul said it's time. He's considering his ways. He's checking out himself. He disciplined himself. And in considering his ways, he can say for a fact and pass it on to the church. He said, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh. There is no good thing. Now, that's something that you can say about yourself. That's something I can say about myself. Why? Because even though I might know you, you know you. Glory to God. You might know not know me, but I know me. Glory to God. So, Paul said, I'm talking about myself. I'm checking myself. Glory to God. And I know that in me, in my flesh, there's no good thing. For to will is present. Look here, I've got a mind to do right. But how to perform what is good, I don't know. I know how to do it, but just how do I get to it? In other words, i got a battle going on, and I've got to push. I've got to fight actually against my flesh. My mind has to overcome, amen, the desire to satisfy, to gratify, or to please flesh so that I can indeed 
Please the Lord. Okay. So the word is telling us that the desire alone to do good is not enough to overcome our flesh. So we're called to war against the flesh, to live our lives in a tug of war per se, as, as the desires, the lusts of the flesh pull you one way and, 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 and to indulge yourself and then to gratify the flesh and the Holy Spirit will constrain you to do righteous, to do the right thing and to stay in a right relationship with God by submitting to the urging of the Holy Ghost. So why you got this tug of war going on within you, one one way you want to do right, glory to God, but you're drawn by the flesh to want to do, amen, what's wrong, to want to do the sinful thing. You want to gratify and satisfy the flesh, but the Holy Spirit, amen, in you, he's battling with you, glory to God. So as soon as your mind say, it won't hurt to do it just this one time, everybody does something, then the Holy Spirit says, well, you know better than that. You know better than that. It's still wrong. If everybody jump off of a uh, mountain into a fire, are you going to do it? Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit will make the desire of the flesh. He'll make it undesirable. He'll make it unproductive as he does what? He will develop the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit in us. Listed in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. One of the fruits of the spirit is temperance. It's self-control. That's one of them. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do if we will give him the chance and the opportunity to do it. So if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill what the lust of the flesh. Lust comes from a Greek word. It's episomia. Episomia, okay? Episomia. Glory to God, which comes from another good Greek word that means thermos, which is where we get the word thermos and thermostat. So these words combined show us that uh, temperature may rise unbridled, calling from some means to regulate and to direct passion spiritually rather than carnally. I mean, when the temperature rises, when the body go up, glory to God, and the enemy is working with you, trying to make you cross that line, you've got to have a thermostat. You've got to have something, glory to God, that'll bring, amen, that temperature back down, amen, on holy ground, glory to God. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do. The Holy Spirit will give you the victory, and he will give you the power over your flesh. He will give you and grow, amen, the fruit of temperance in you, the fruit of self-control, so that you can continue to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Glory to God. But you have to be honest with yourself because the flesh wants to be gratified. The flesh wants to be pleasured and it wants to be pleased. And flesh wants to be satisfied. That means it wants to be Fulfilled. It want to be filled full to the max. It want to be satisfied. Glory to God. The way you enjoy a good meal and you can't eat another bite, you're full to the max. Well, the flesh want to be satisfied to the max. Amen. You can tell yourself, uh, the enemy can tell you it won't hurt. A little dab won't hurt. A little of this and a little of that. No, that's the way destruction comes. And that's the way you get uh, uh, forwarded in by the enemy. Glory to God. That's how strongholds are built. Glory to God. A little dab will do you. A little dab will definitely do you in. So the text tells us that the Holy Spirit will do what? It'll give you the power to war against the flesh. It'll give you discernment regarding what's unworthy and it will allow you to live what? A life of victory in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 gives us a list of the weapons that the devil uses against us. And I mean it, if you're going to win a battle, you need to know, amen, what weapon the enemy is going to use against you. You you don't go out to fight in a battle with a cap pistol and the enemies got a 45 automatic. 
you don't take a cap pistol to the fight and your opponent is standing up there with a with a with a 38 automatic glory to God or a 357 magnum you don't do that so Paul gives us a list of these weapons in Galatians 5 19 through 21 and the first one is what adultery it's adultery and what does it literally means apostate are to fall away from your love or initial commitment adultery goes deeper you know than you think there are a lot of things amen that adultery does and that's on the top of the list as the work of the flesh but the one thing it does is cause you to fall away from your love or your initial commitment to who to who to god to god glory to god God wants to be first in your life. I mean, if you're committing spiritual adultery, if you're putting anything before God, then God wants you to do what? Consider your ways. And he wants you to do what? He wants you to come back to him. Look at what he said to the church at Ephesus. He said, nevertheless, in Revelation 2 and 4, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. Because what did you do? You left your first love. You left your first love. So God wants us to give him what? He wants our time. He does want our offerings and gifts and money. And, and he wants above all, he wants our attention. God wants to be first in order of importance in your life. You don't want your spouse. Amen. I mean, you married. You can relate to this. Glory to God. You don't want your spouse cheating on you. You don't want your spouse putting other, making other things more important than you unless it is their service for the Lord. Glory to God. God wants to be first. Amen. He's not going to take second place. Amen. To anybody. Glory to God or anything. So you have to make what the Lord first in your life. So if somehow along the way you have gotten your priorities wrong and you need to straighten them out, then heed the word of the Lord. Glory to God. And do what Paul did in first Corinthians nine. Glory to God. Uh, in first Corinthians chapter nine and uh, verses 26 and 27 and discipline your body, bring it uh, under subjection. Glory to God. You be in control and you can do that by the Holy Spirit and do what God uh, told Haggai to tell the people in Haggai 1 and 5a. Consider, amen, your ways, glory to God, on this morning, glory to God. And remember, glory to God, remember, as he spoke to the church in, in uh, Ephesus, there in Revelations 2, 4, and 5, he says, remember where you've fallen and repent. Do your first work over or I'll come quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place. Except what? Except you repent. In other words, he's saying, remember how you used to be. Remember how fervent you were when you first started going to church. Remember how excited you were. Consider your ways, glory to God. And if you have left your first love, amen, if church uh, isn't hitting you the way it used to, then it isn't the church's fault. That's your fault. Check yourself this morning before you wreck yourself and see what is it that you have allowed to squeeze out your zeal and your zest for the house of God. What is it that you have allowed, amen, to come in your way. I'm going to tell you what it is. You may blame the pastor. You may blame the deacons. You may blame the mothers or the teachers of the church. But the problem, amen, is your F-L-E-S-H. Flesh, glory to God. It's your flesh, glory to God. And that's on you. You can do something about that this morning. What can you do? First step is, remember the prodigal son, what he did in Luke 16, 17, and 19? The first thing he did when, when he was hungry, starving, and, and they're ready to eat with the hogs, what did he do? He was clothed in his right mind, and he remembered that in his father's house there was plenty of food. So this is what he's saying. This is what the Lord said to the church. Remember from whence you came, glory to God. It's time 
time to repent, change your attitude, change your conduct right away before it's too late. Glory to God. The prodigal son didn't just sit there after he realized, amen, that there was plenty in his father's house. He just didn't sit there two or three weeks. He got up and he headed back home. That's what we're saying this morning. If you've backslidden, then do like the prodigal son do. Stop right now. Glory to God. Turn around and come back. Amen. To the Lord. Glory to God. Go back. Amen. Get back to basis. Glory to God. Get back. Amen. To where you belong. Glory to God. Go, amen. Do your first works over. Remember how you used to spend time in the word. Remember how you used to pray. Remember how excited you were to show Jesus, uh, to share Jesus with one another. Remember, remember, just remember, glory to God. Check yourself this morning. Examine yourself. Consider your ways. Glory to God. And if they don't add up, and if you're saying, I used to enjoy going to church, I used to do this. Well, you know what? I don't care much about going to church anymore. I just soon look at TV. I just soon do this uh, and stay home and watch football since the pandemic. It is not the pandemic's fault. Glory to God. It's you catering to your flesh. And right now, the word of God to you from the voice of the preacher is Consider, amen, your ways. Remember how far you've fallen. Remember where you've come from and do what? Discipline yourself under the power of the Holy Ghost and come back. Come back to the Lord. And if you're in church perpetrating a fraud, then it's your time now to do the same thing. Examine yourself, consider your ways, and get it right. Why? Because as Jesus said here in Revelations, he said, or else he will remove uh, their candlestick. And that's the light that represents his presence in your life, in your heart. And dear hearts, you don't want that to happen. So God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for tuning in once again to the voice of the preacher. I am indeed Apostle Barbara Bolden, pastor of the Anointed Church of the Living God. God bless you and God keep you. I love you and God loves you too. Y'all have a great week. Amen. In Jesus.